This morning, I'll be continuing to broaden the domain that we're offering you reflections on arenas that you can bring your, your mindfulness, this quality of awareness. And on the first morning, I shared with you, you know, exploring some kind of anchor to have in your meditation practice, maybe the breath or hearing. Sometimes people use uh, touch points in the body. And then yesterday morning, Max was introducing us to um, really opening or having the sensitivity to uh, sensations in the body, this, uh, the importance of an embodied practice, especially, for example, in the in-between times, feeling the body moving or in the walking meditation, contacting the world of sensation. And this morning, I'm going to share with you some reflections on uh, bringing mindfulness into the whole thinking process. Have you noticed thinking happening? <laughs> right. It's amazing, the thinking mind. And the first thing I want to point out in this domain is that thinking is not the problem. It's not the enemy of meditation, and yet it can feel like that. Maybe you've noticed that it feels like the enemy that's disrupting your meditation retreat. And what I find so powerful is beginning to, to bring awareness to this domain of our experience really turns it around. It's such an important arena of our experience to begin to relate to differently. So I want to go over just a couple of ways of bringing mindfulness to it and then going through a guided to help reinforce that. The first thing that I find so interesting about the mind getting lost in thought is there's that moment, the moment where mindfulness reappears. Isn't that a trip? Right here, here the mind's lost in thought and then there it is again. It, it really has this sense of reappearing. And so it's just noticing that and celebrating that moment where mindfulness reappears, even before you come back to the anchor, there it is. Some kind of recognition that you've been lost in thought. And then what I do, which I find really important, is to pause. Not to immediately go back, for example, to the breath or to hearing, but to pause and to acknowledge, to notice what's been going on. I call it after the fact mindfulness. It's really important so that there can be a turning towards a, a noticing the thinking process itself. And in that pause, it's just noticing a few things. One is, is you know, what, what happens to thinking when mindfulness appears again? It's interesting, isn't it? It just seems at times to stop. What was the flavor of the thinking? It might have been just kind of wispy thoughts or dream-like thoughts. Or have you noticed they can have a real momentum to them? Sometimes it feels like, like a freight train. 
that's so difficult to get off. And when I notice it has more of that freight train quality, a lot of times the first thing I'll do is I'll open my eyes and look around because a lot of times there can be a noticing that thinking's happening and the moment after noticing, just lost in thought again. You know what I'm talking about? There it is, the freight train. So it's important, I find, to cut the momentum, open the eyes, maybe name a few things I'm seeing and then bring my attention back in to help allow for something different to happen rather than merely being lost in thought. And in this pause also to make a note of the flavor of the thinking, remembering. Oh, there it is again, planning, judging, fantasizing, Labeling can be so helpful because it, 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 it strengthens mindfulness. Like for example, in the Vasudhi Magga, they, they have the proximate cause of mindfulness. There's two of them. One is strong perception. When there's strong perception, it's going to reinforce mindfulness and allow mindfulness to arise more frequently. The other proximate cause is mindfulness. When there's a moment of mindfulness, it's going to reinforce mindfulness coming again. And also when they've done studies on labeling experience, it helps bring a part of the, the brain into, into activity that allows for this, this mindfulness to be there. Just a light label can be so light. Planning, remembering. And in the mix at times, I'm also, I wanna be aware of the monkey because a lot of times the monkey doesn't like thinking. It feels like it's the enemy to meditation. So it's noticing how is the mind relating to the thinking? Some days on retreats, I remember it felt like I was labeling judging thousands of times in a day. And noticing as it went on, I could start to pick up that getting so sick and tired of it. Just in the label, it'd be like, oh my God, judging. <laughs> oh, there's the monkey. There's, there's how the mind's relating to thinking. It's not liking it. It's in contention with it. Oh, there's the dukkha right there. So checking in, how is the mind relating to experience? This is the one turn I was talking about. So important to make the one turn to notice how the mind's relating to the arising of whatever experience it is. But not only noticing if it's planning or remembering or fantasizing, I find it very helpful to check in if there's any emotional quality to thinking, because so often there's some kind of emotion mixed in or fueling, it feels like that's fueling the thinking. A worry, interesting, irritation, sadness, fear, interesting, oh, that's the fear is there in that thinking, anger, ah, and then I bring my attention if I, if there's any feeling of that emotion in the body, feeling the body, 
So again, mindfulness appears to pause after the fact of mindfulness. Label, planning, remembering, fantasizing, judging. How's the mind relating to it? Oh, there's some emotion here. Oh yeah, there's some worry here. Oh, there's some excitement here. Oh, interesting, there's joy here. Oh, gratitude. Ah, yeah, and I feel it in my body in this way. I feel it right in my, my diaphragm there in the chest cavity. And if it's a big old freight train, maybe opening the eyes, looking around, getting the head and neck moving a little bit. And then there's another dimension to thinking that can be so fascinating, and it's when thought is more subtle. This is easier to do when there's subtle thinking rather than the thinking that's completely pulling us away, when the, when the mind's a little bit more collected. Because when the mind's a bit more collected, it's a, it's a real chance to see, to notice in real time, in present time, how a thought arises and passes away, how it forms and then disintegrates. And for me, the way I get a sense of that is noticing these two major component parts of thinking. One is images that happen in the mind, and the other is what I call talk or that internal dialogue. Those are two big components of, of thought. Can you start to get a feeling sense of images arising and also internal dialogue or what I'm going to call talk arising? And we'll go through it. It can be helpful to notice uh, where we quote unquote see images or hear this talking. So for example, if you were to, you know, have your eyes looking down or, or your eyes closed, and just to conjure up an image, like an image of a flower. And I invite you to notice where you see that image, where it feels like you're seeing that image. It might feel like you're seeing that image in front of the eyes, or it might feel like it's behind the eyes, or or kind of above, or it might feel like it's situated a little bit in front of you. It's getting a feeling sense, sense of where this image space is in your internal experience. And doing, doing the same of, of voluntarily bringing up a word to notice where you hear it. If you were to say sati or mindfulness in the mind, where do you hear that? Where does it feel like you hear that word? It might feel like you're hearing it in between the ears and the mind. Or maybe around the jaw.
So it's just being sensitive to these quote-unquote areas in your experience of image and talk. And then at times you might notice if things are subtle that sometimes the images are clear and distinct when they come up or vague and kind of uh, flashing a little bit. In terms of the talk, you might notice that at times when it's subtle, it just feels like a humming, like a garbled quality of speaking. And other times it's clear and distinct words and sentences. This is such a liberating dimension of this practice to begin to see thinking in these particular ways. Because when I'm mindful of thinking in this way, what is, what is inherent to that is the realization that it's not me, it's not mine, it's not myself. It's just an arising. So relieving not to identify with thinking. The only reason that thoughts are more disturbing than the sound of cars outside, there's only one reason. It's because you identify with them. The sound of the cars probably aren't too bothering to you. It's just a sound arising. You probably don't take them too personally. <laughs> that car's not me. It's not mine. It's not myself. It's the same with thoughts. It's just a kind of internal chatter and a little bit of image. It's coming down the street, not like you asked it to. Why would you identify with that? To see that it's just like the sound of the car in some ways. So now beginning, if you haven't, of settling into the meditation by feeling the body sitting. Allowing for relaxation. And opening to receiving an anchor that might work for you, such as the breathing or the activity of hearing.
just this, just the feeling of the breathing, just sounds coming and going.
when mindfulness reappears and you notice the mind's been lost in thought, pause. Notice what the flavor of that thinking was, planning, remembering, judging. Noticing if there's any emotion. Feel that emotion in the body. Noticing thinking if it's happening right now. Noticing how the mind's relating to it, it might want to keep on thinking. It might be sick and tired of thinking, averse to it. Or it might be equanimous and simply noticing.
you might want to become curious about the subtlety of thinking arising. For example, right now, as you hear my voice, there might be a subtle image of me arising or commentary that arises with the sound of my voice, words and sentences. Just to notice those two worlds of images coming and going and words coming and going. Just to witness, to notice how thought forms and how it disintegrates.
if the mind's lost in thought, to notice that, to pause. Label, planning, figuring out, commenting, noticing if there's emotion.
So again, these are some possible ways to work with thinking. And with the instructions I gave, there's kind of two approaches that I want to be clear about. One is uh, if, if you're really using an anchor like the breath or the activity of hearing, to really be with the anchor, to open to that, and then to just notice the th thinking only when it pulls the attention away from the anchor. Have you noticed that you can like feel the breathing, but there's still some wispy thoughts in the background? Just stick with feeling the breath until it gets pulled away from it. And then have this curiosity of what I was talking about, especially like, oh, figuring out is happening or commenting or planning or fantasizing. Oh, here's the emotion. So that's one way where it's it's really kind of settling with that, that one experience of the anchor. And then only when it gets pulled away. With subtle thought, what I find helpful around, like, for example, the arising of image and talk is having the attention, for example, on hearing or the breath, but it's a bit more open. Like you're, you're allowing experience to come in in the periphery. In particular, what I do is I have a sensitivity to the arising of images and talk. So there, there's a way of being with the breath, but also there's a sensitivity to those domains. So then I'm aware of those arisings, even when the mind isn't pulled away from the breath. So there's two different ways. I want to be clear about it. Just being with the breath until it gets pulled away or having a little bit more openness with the, with the anchor where, where you're sensitive to just the first arising of a thought and, and you decide being clear, which way you're going to be practicing though. It's really important to be clear. What are the practice instructions I'm following when I sit down? How am I engaging in meditation? So we have a clarity about, about this practice. And remember, you know, I'm giving you the cliff notes. It's probably going to be a big mess in there and that's okay too. <laughs>